had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Could make me be true. Snap out of it. Could make me be true. Your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. Lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Had to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Alexandra Daniels. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming. I've been looking forward to chatting with you about this movie. Would you like to introduce the film for us today? Yes, uh, the film that I chose is Last Holiday, directed by Wayne Wang. It's from uh, 2006, and it stars Queen Latifah. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, so it's mine as well. Like I watched this movie a lot in high school and college, because like, um, right when Chicago came out, that's when I started to become like a really big fan of Queen Latifah. Same here. And, yeah, so um, I like this movie came out just a couple years after that, and so, like, I watched it, and I was like, "This, she's, like, one of the best. And then I went back and, like, watched her older movies and watched Living Single. And, like, I'm so excited to talk about her specifically um, today. But what um, what makes this, like, one of your favorite movies? And, like, why did you pick it for this podcast? Well, I also saw the movie when I was back in high school. Like, a, fr- like, a couple of my friends of mine, we just saw it back in theaters. And um, I just loved it ever since. It's such a feel-good romantic comedy and it has like a very simple message you know because like it talks about life and death and it's about living your life to the fullest and um ever since i watched that film i still watch it every new year's eve mm-hmm. so it's become like a little tradition for me along with um along with the holiday that's another romantic comedy i enjoy and so oh, i watched yeah. them back to back and I still get this feeling of like just starting off the year right, you know, just not being afraid of, you know, living your life and doing what you want. And I think that film talks about those themes perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like when I was watching it um, earlier today uh, for this episode, I like I feel like I hadn't really seen it in a while. I think I watched it like a couple years ago and um uh, and then I haven't seen it since then. So I was watching it today and just like really, um, how I was really amazed by like how simple this movie is, even though it like takes place in a very luxurious, you know, hotel and has mm-hmm. a lot of costumes, a lot of characters, a lot of subplots. But in, I think like this movie has such a like sweet message just about like living, like you were saying, like living your life to the fullest. And it does leave you with like a really, just like warm feeling and you know it's like good people are like doing well at the end and yeah it's like everyone gets what they want in the end yeah exactly (laughs) and um i was thinking like this is like like one of my favorite kind of subgenres of like romance movies is like when like really nice people like and who are just like funny and charismatic and kind they like become more appreciative of like how like how their positivity affects the world and how, you know, they are 
you know, impacting the world and how they can also, like, live more for themselves, too, and, like, be, like, I don't want to say selfish, because I don't think she's selfish, but it's, like, she's, like, you know, she can take care of herself. She can eat the meals that she wants to eat. She can dress the way she wants to dress. She can, you know, exactly. date the guy she wants to date. And so it's, like, a really nice, like, movie for that. And it's, like, yeah, like, she's a good person, you know, kind, considerate, and she deserves to, like, have fun. <laughs> Yeah, and especially since she comes from like such a conservative background, um, mm-hmm. the character of Georgia Bird, she she's like a sales clerk. So she worked in retail, I believe, in a movie like over ten years. She lives her life day to day. It's kind of mundane, and uh, she kind of keeps to herself until one day, you know, she finds out she's going to die. <laughs> yeah. You know, which kicks everything into high gear, right? I mean, mm-hmm. of course it would. You know, what else she gonna do? And she decides to say, okay, forget it. I'm just gonna liquidate all my assets and go to Europe. And it's just that moment where she realized like she's been living her life according to everybody else, according to everybody else's needs and sacrificing her own dreams. And I found it interesting, like how she has that book, the book of possibilities where she Mm -hmm. has all the pictures of the stuff that she, like all the food that she creates at home and uh, dreaming of having her own restaurant, meeting what, the chef, Emeril. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> like, wanted to meet him and keeping, and th- this part may be kind of creepy, but, you know, keeping pictures of the guy that she has a crush on. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, like, I definitely want to talk about married. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it's just like she keeps all her dreams and her aspirations to herself in a little book. And it was it's not until she realizes she has a short time left on this earth that she says, okay, you know what, I need to, jet set off and do whatever I want to do. And so she kind of, it's, I don't think she's selfish in a way, but it's just realizing that part of herself that she kept so quiet and she got tired of living quietly. Yeah. And like, I mean, I definitely want to talk, like this movie really touches on things that are still really relevant today. I mean, this movie isn't that old. It's only like, you know, 13, 14 years old, but yeah, like there are a lot of themes in this movie that I like, just didn't pick up on when I was younger watching it. Cause I just wasn't as, you know, socially aware, but you know, the fact that, like, she doesn't have great benefits at, you know, mm-hmm. the retail store, the fact that her insurance won't cover this thing, and, yeah. the like, the whole, whole scene with her, like, HMO provider, it's so, like, I mean, I know they're, like, doing it, it's, like, a little exaggerated for the comedy, but it's also not it's that true. exaggerated. Like, people, it's not I mean, like, you see all. on Twitter all the time, like, people are just, like, actually, today I read a thread about, you know, sort of, like, this labyrinth thing of healthcare and going through your insurance and like just not be getting the care you need right. and the fact that like she's working with this doctor who has a faulty machine it's like mm-hmm. and so um yeah and then like you were saying about the conservative background which I find I found really interesting this time around how she is shown to be like you know a religious woman and she you know talks to God a lot in the film and I love those moments though yeah yeah they really are really sweet um a really nice little character trait and even like the scenes she has with the um senator that she runs into at the hotel and the congressman from you know she she's from uh Louisiana from New Orleans so um, and just how she's just like, you know, you're not, you know, like you're being bought by these like big corporations and relying on, you know, generous donors, which is something that is uh, still a hot topic in, you know, the uh, upcoming election. Yeah, especially so so I get a lot of like, like Bernie yeah, Sanders guess, stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> my Twitter feed every day, and right, like, I was, right. when I was watching a movie, and it's like it's true. It's like what they're talking about now. You all these corporate companies are just making money off of people's suffering and it's sad and 
you know, and the the film kind of touches on that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, like, watching this movie in high school and college, I'm like, yeah, it's just a movie about Queen Latifah being glamorous and, you know, living it up at some, like, fancy five-star hotel. And then watching it now, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing at times. I mean, it does yeah. have a good message. But yeah, it's a, yeah. it does show a lot, you know, how society treats others. And those yeah. who have a lot of money are able to afford a lavish lifestyle and are able to live life with those who, you know, tend to not, you know, just regular people are not part of that one percent are kind yeah. of left empty-handed. So. Yeah, and like the um the opening scenes like with her and her like boss at the retail store, it's just like yeah, this movie does a really good job of like kind of highlighting, you know, corporate culture and how, you know, the humanity of, you know, employees is getting lost within that system. And it's like, it's, it's really cool. They kind of package that in this very like crowd pleasing, you know, sweet comedy with like Queen Latifah being her usual, like fun, funny self. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's just like, it's a really good movie. Like I think Wayne Wang is like, he's kind of underrated as a filmmaker, you know, like he did like Joy Luck Club and, he did Made um, in Manhattan, Made which Manhattan, I also... Which is another really good movie about... Yeah, it's fun. And, and yeah. It's, it kind of has a similar story, too. Like, yeah. he really touches on the politics of those yeah. who are not able to afford, you know, a better life, who are stuck living in, you know, small-wage jobs, but are just as capable of living a great life. And, you know, he really shows kind of like a... I guess kind of like a rag to riches type of story in a way. Yeah. I guess like, that's like the only best way I could describe it. But um, I do th- I do think it's very underrated as a filmmaker. And I think like especially made in Manhattan. I mean though, maybe the chemistry between Ray Fiennes and Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is not the most convincible. <laughs> it's not the most believable. But it's still right. a heartwarming story. Yeah, and like that's what I love about Queen Latifah is that like she can. I mean, she's such a versatile actress and like. Um, I mean, of course, she can. She has a beautiful singing voice, and of course, excellent rapper. And um, and she can do a movie like this, where she can be like funny and kind of sassy and uh, like very sweet, though, and very vulnerable and very serious. But and like this is like kind of a perfect uh, role for her because um, she, I think, she can like handle all these different things and still make it feel like. And even though she's like kind of almost like too perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, she makes it sound she makes it seem like real and grounded because it's like she's just believable on screen so yeah definitely uh, I agree like I loved I love her in Chicago like she just yeah. owns her role like she and even though like her her role is um as the um, mama Morton in Chicago she's very corrupted but you know but she's li- living in the system that she has to be part of you know after all she is a black woman you know yeah, she has yeah. to you know live in her means and she you know, she's like, F it, I'm making money, what I have to do. And then last holiday, and I was just thinking about this too, like, this is about a black woman living large, you know, and it's like, I don't often, we don't always see that sometimes. And yeah. I thought that was really yeah. cool to see, it's like, yeah, black women do travel. <laughs> you know, I think it's often yeah. a stereotype. You know, people see like black women could be loud or could always be, you know, always aggressive or in their face. And like, that's not true. And this film kind of tosses all those stereotypes and show and Queen Latifah really grounds the role and makes her makes her funny, approachable, very vulnerable and lovable. And that's what you know, black women are. It's like that's, that's I love that the film kind of touched on that. I didn't see it yeah. when I was younger, but now watching yeah, it I mean, means a lot to I, me now. <laughs> I was actually like thinking um, uh, while watching it again, being like, you know, she is kind of 
like, um, you know, when she's at the hotel and everyone's kind of looking at her suspiciously and I, and just being like, who is she? Like, who is this woman who's like spending so much money and going into like the, like the top suite at the hotel and like ordering, you know, multiple dishes at this like five-star restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm like, you know, is this, some of it might be like race-based cause it's, it's not really mentioned in the movie that much, if at no. all. No, no, um, it's not mentioned at all. It's just something that it comes like a second thought, you know, because at first, yeah. like, they're looking at her, it's like, who is this rich woman, right? you know, coming in in the hotel? You know, it's like, if you go to a grand hotel, like, of course, you may have to have some money to, to stay there. Right. Like, she looks like she lives larger than large. I mean, she's going to concerts with, like, Smokey Robinson, and she's right. dining with the congressman. So you have to have some, you know, some type of money to, to stay there. And so there, she's, you know, getting everybody's attention. But it's her personality is what, you know, keeps people drawn to her, not the money that she spends. Yeah, because, like, there's so many scenes of her just, like, um, even as she's, like, living, like, very, like, luxuriously, like, she's very human. Like, she talks to the staff like they're human beings, and she's, like, joking with the chef and just, like, you know, skiing and doing the base jumping. And it's it's. Um, I remember even as a kid um, or as a teenager, just like noticing the contrast between her and like the other guests of the hotel who are very like short with the staff and very like showing off their wealth. And it's like she's like doing the same things they're doing, but she's just like more like normal about it. She's not like showing off for people or no. you know treating people. like she doesn't she doesn't change much with the money. She just kind of you know. She's, she's like she's herself but rich <laughs> yeah it's like she's she's showing a, a, another part of herself you know it's like it's like her true self underneath all the all the yeah. part, parts of her that was hiding you know right back in um, new orleans and i love the scene where she is taking like she's having one of her spa days and one of the uh women is like getting yelled at by the other character um miss burns yeah, yeah played by alicia witt yeah mm-hmm and uh, Queen Latifah comes over there and says, hey, you don't talk to her like that. And it's like, she's always been kind of like the underdog yeah. in a way. And that's what I love about her character. She stands up for those who are uh, just doing the best they can. And because uh, she's lived that life, you know, she right. lives, she works in retail. You know, those that's customer service. You respect those in customer service. And I, I love that scene where she's just defending so, uh, defending a stranger who's not yeah. even from her country, barely speaks English. And she's a right. soft, mistreated and I, I love seeing her just really kind of like being like the unsung hero. Like, I love that. Love yeah, that. she just has that quality to her. And um, I and like I, I like how you call her an underdog, which she definitely is. And, you know, she has that great line when she's like writing the letter towards the end, being like, you know, if you find this letter, that means that I've passed away. And she says, like, I want to be cremated because I live my whole life in a box and I don't want to be buried in one which is such a like, really cried. sad profound, I know it's just sad profound line it is and, and I like, think it's relatable too yeah it's relatable because I'm I, and the thing is like I um I, I I can appreciate that like that's her character but also I'm like why can't you at least take a fork full of your delicious meal that you're eating you're cooking like mm-hmm. do you have to like not eat any of it ever and it's like right. I understand it's like but it's like for us, it seems like she like for us, it just seems like normal. Like you, you cook something really nice and you want to at least try it. And then but for her, it's like she probably just thinks that she has to like stay healthy. And, you know, yeah. I, I felt like yeah. if she wasn't worth like she felt like she wasn't worthy of eating yeah. something that great that was made by her favorite chef. Yeah. And, it's just, and that's another thing I like about the movie. It, t- it touches on, you know, self-worth. 
Yeah. And that's kind of like part of the problem, you know, like you, yeah, I mean, yes, we do kind of, you know, we live by society rules sometimes, but at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, am I worthy of having something that great? It's like, yeah, the answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a a fatal diagnosis to kind of shake her up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how small. Yeah, like, this movie is definitely, like, a good guidebook for, like, self-care, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to, like, make sure that, you know, like, Her- at any point, yeah, any of us could, um, you know, realize that we need to, like, spend more time caring for ourselves. Yeah, and I like I like that she had a book, the book of possibilities. It's kind of like yeah. the like the vision board, like we hear oh, about yeah, today. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pre-Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest, yeah. Yeah, and when you think about it, she does kind of end up living everything that was in her book and i love that she changed the title of it to book of realities at the I end know, yeah yeah i mean i really just appreciated you know like the themes and messages of this movie because it's just so like it's like the kind of movie it ends and you're just feeling like yeah like i i, I feel like i like grew a little and learned a little and can appreciate life more um like one scene that i always kind of gets me is like when she is first checks in the hotel and she's just noticing like the architecture of the ceiling the chandelier and she's asking the receptionist or the concierge like how like doesn't that ceiling ever make you cry and the concierge is like i have never even noticed and it's like yeah it's true like you don't notice something like when you're living um yeah, the cinematography live it every day the yeah. cinematography in the film is just beautiful. Um, Jeffrey Simpson was the director of photography. Yeah. And I was noticing how in a, um, I was calling it Atlanta, it's New Orleans. Um, <laughs> um, in our New Orleans setting, it's so claustrophobic. And uh, every scene, like when she's working in retail, like the camera's always pan, it's really close up. Mm-hmm. And you see like everything, yeah. you see the ceilings that is like closer to her. It feels very small and really seems like she's living in a box, like she said it in the, says in the letter. And then she, when she goes to um, Carla Vivari, uh, Czech Republic, she, like the camera is just pans back and you see the, all the mountains, you see the entire mm-hmm. structure of the Grand Poop, uh, Grand Poop Hotel. And you just get a feeling of beauty and of scenery. And it's it's a complete contrast of what she's used to. And that, that was yeah, really- and then even, like, with New Orleans being such a, like, beautiful city, of course. And yeah, I've never, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been there once a couple of years ago, but it's such a beautiful city. But it's like, yeah, I guess you're living there and you're living this life where you're just so afraid to, like, do anything. You wouldn't notice it. And then it's like you go to this place and you're... Just not like to mention yeah. uh, we have, I, just, I just realized something too she lives Georgia's house is right next to a cemetery oh if yeah I didn't when, the, when the car when she's walking down to her home and she's like getting catcalled and everything the yeah. camera is right by her and you see the cemeteries like a um, one of where cemeteries like has like so many types of graves and then it goes in the pants over to her house and it's like she's surrounded by you know death and uh it seems very mundane and mononymous you know yeah, even though Orleans wow. has so much flavor has so much yeah beauty to it. it's like she lives in a different part of part of that city where it's just kind of boring for her yeah yeah and then like um I was also thinking like this must be not, not too much after Hurricane Katrina too so like who knows like what you know, what she lost in that disaster and stuff, right? That was 2004, uh, right? I think uh, so, yeah. It was like, uh, definitely, like, right not too much before this movie is made. So I'm like, she must, like, 
just feel so just you know like boxed in and scared and so it's like no wonder she's just so like careful and you know um I don't know, uh, demure, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Just so Yeah, just, like, it happened shy. a year but, before the yeah. film came out. Yeah, wow. So um have you been to New Orleans? No, my fa- uh, my family members have. My dad yeah. and my brother have. My I do have relatives that live in the south. So they live yeah. like in Alabama, but they definitely cross by New Orleans a few times and it's yeah. very beautiful. Oh very yeah. Beautiful. I mean I would love to it's like the best food I've ever had in America. <laughs> <laughs> there's always like a um, there's always like a battle between like the, the southern states between like right. New Orleans and uh, Alabama who has like the best crawfish, who has like the best <laughs> combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Louisiana has like the hottest peppers believe. Yeah, yeah. That is true. I, I definitely believe that. <laughs> um, and I certainly had never been to Prague. Um with but I would I like ever since I saw this movie I was like I really want to go to the hotel even though I can barely <laughs> afford it now. Um, I but, yeah. um I like uh I like a lot of like surrealist um like animation. Mm-hmm. One of them I can never pronounce his name right, so it's uh Jan uh Mayer. He did uh movies like Alice and um a couple of like creepy short films. Okay. But also but he's a, a Czech uh filmmaker and ever since then, I was like, I need to go to the Czech Republic yeah. now. Like, this is so cool. And, like, watching the movie, you see just how beautiful that country is. It's, it looks lovely. This person behind me is giving me a hard time. Um, ma'am, would you mind lowering your knees so the gentleman in front of you can put his seat back down? Actually, I very much would mind. Am I going to have to call the air marshal, ma'am? People been calling me ma'am a lot lately. And, you know, I'm hardly older than you. Do people call you ma'am? No, ma'am. No, they don't. (laughs) Is there a problem here? Um... Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. This greedy airline put all these seats so close together just so they can make more money. All right. Now, I'm not flying all the way to Prague with some stranger in my lap. I know that's right. I, that's a big boy. That's a big old man right there. I can't look at him. Had you chosen to fly first class, ma'am? Hi. Had you chosen to fly first class instead of economy, you would have had plenty of room in one of our cocoons. How much is it? Beg your pardon? How much for the damn cocoon? I wanted to kind of touch upon the uh, like the romance part of this movie um, because it is um, well actually I was watching it today being like does this really count as a romantic comedy? It just definitely has like aesthetic of one, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, you know, I, I guess I kind of forgot, like, how little Ellie Cool J is in this movie as her love interest. He, <laughs> um, you know, he's definitely there in the beginning and asking her out, and she just keeps, like, not rejecting him, but just keeping him at arm's length. Right. And then, um, you know, he comes to see her at the end, and, like, um, just to, I would say, I mean, it's a very sweet you know, scene with him at the end when he's like for five minutes or fifty years or um, that's a great it's a great line. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, what like what do you have any thoughts about the like romance element of it? I I liked LL Cool J as the yeah. love interest. I thought it was a very clever casting choice. I mean, when you think about it, you know, both Queen Latifah and LL Cool J both have like this um, kind of persona of like. Yes, they're both very down to earth, but in other roles they may play have they may have played like um like gangster roles and they'll play like kind of like more aggressive type roles. Here, yeah. that is that's taken away. You know, now they get to just lay back and just, you know, play like humble, happy, you know, lovers. I like their I like their love story because it's just simple. You know, because yeah. uh, mainly because Georgia, she she's um very shy. You know, so it's like it's just a simple love story of her having a crush on a guy and then he also having a crush on her. What I also love is that they both have like their co-workers are both cheering them on. And actually ending in the end, they actually get together in the at the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah. So I thought that's it's cute how they, it's just slowly develops. Like they've always had a love and care for each other. That's kind of unspoken. But they both knew that they liked each other. She they were she, she was just afraid to make the jump which is basically what the entire story is is that nothing is more than just like a love story between these two people but her love for life as well yeah because like what i like uh, um what i really like about this movie is that like her her self-actualization her development is you know it's like not um not totally separate from, you know, her romance with him, but, her, you know, he is just a small part of her growth as a person. And it's like exactly. she she's not like, um, like, it's not like she does like him, but she's not like totally obsessed with him or anything like that. And so it's like she's not like, um, what am I trying to like? like getting getting together with him at the end is sort of like her reward for like developing and growing as a person and yeah i like I that about it like it's like a bonus it's not her main goal in the movie which i i always appreciate when like movies have like you know the romance be kind of like an added perk to the to the ending not yeah. just the whole of the ending i think that's actually makes the film a bit more realistic you know yeah. um and that's it's funny because like when we're t- when you when i mentioned um, that you guys you guys recently talked about my best friend's wedding Mm-hmm. That character, the uh, the younger girl that falls in love with the uh, you know uh, the guy in in, in yeah, the film, she, her whole focus is that guy, mm-hmm. you know. But in Last Holiday, it's not really about that. It was her trying to find herself, and because yeah. she did, you know, she pushed herself to, um, you know, to to actually just embrace what life had to offer her. And she grew so much that, yeah, getting the guy in the end, the guy that she had a crush on and who had a crush on her was just a cherry on top of everything. Yeah, And exactly. I find that that was such a most, and that was a satisfying ending. I felt like she, it, it was earned. That's the thing. Right. I felt like she earned the guy in the end. She didn't yeah, have much of anything. He, he's the one that came to her 
And I, I like those stories. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, you're right. The casting of L. Cool J's. And he's like, he's, a, he's always so fun to watch on screen. And like, um, I didn't even think about their history together as, you know, like colleagues in music either. I didn't even make that connection. Because I guess I always think of her as an actress first. Even though, of course, she was a writer first. But like, I know her mm-hmm. as an actress mainly. mainly so... Um, yeah, yeah oh, Kuja, he's a rapper, a well-known rapper, and um, yeah. he's he's been in other thrillers. You know, he's been always been playing the tough guy, and right. I think now he, I think he's still in CSI. Yeah. Was, so he's yeah. definitely known as being someone who's always aggressive, always on the go, and you right. know, and he still shows parts of that personality last holiday, but just in a more comical way. Like when the doctor, uh, uh, when he yeah. the doctor about the diagnosis, he goes, "What what happened with Georgia?" Like yeah, when he yeah. picks the guy up, shaking. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> and the doctor's already scared, so he still, <laughs> still has elements of of that personality in him. Yeah. But film, well, like he's um, yeah, and to kind of show a softer side. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, what what did you think about the characters, like um, the like staff in the hotel, like the. Uh, Gunther, the like four valet, and um, the chef like, by Gerard Depardieu. Gunther, Miss uh, Gunther cracks me up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> she she represents that cynical person. In yeah. Life. And I was just thinking about the original movie because uh, Last Holiday is a remake of the 1950 right. film that starred Alec Guinness, and that film has a much more cynical tone compared to this film. And I'm kind of glad that Miss Gunther was there. I mean, she. I mean, it's still a similar storyline. There's even like another like um, housekeeper in that in, in the original version who's trying to figure out who Alex Guinness' character really is, like what he's yeah. up to. But it's just that person that you know who doesn't trust, who let life really get to them instead of making life you know happen for them, you know, mm-hmm. and. But uh, I love the moment when she smiles at the end when she finds out, oh, you're not, you're not dying. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. When she kind of cracks a smile and um, the the whole and uh, one of the hotel guests was like staring at her. So I was like, no, never mind. I'll just take care of myself. Like she's like, I'm not losing. That's the harshest side of her. Because yeah. there's a there's always a reason for that, you know. Like right. there's a time for being serious. But I like that Georgia's personality. Um, kind of like touches everybody around the hotel staff like that's the moment where um they're discussing georgia's character it was after the uh bun- the the jump at the dam yeah because yeah. uh, uh mr craig didn't want to jump over he said it's mechanical failure. <laughs> <laughs> um, i love that little moment where you you know it kind of allows us the audience to kind of take a step back and go look how great this character is you know, yeah, and you feel yeah. that you feel just how rich of character, just how sweet and how humble and how outspoken she truly is. And I like that the staff was able to kind of take a moment and go, she's the one of the best people we've ever met, you know, and right. Yeah. So um, I like really like movies that take place in hotels, especially when like the staff is, you know, <laughs> like either like major roles or like supporting roles. Like mm-hmm. I just I just I just like the ambiance of the hotels. Like I lo- I love to stay in hotels, even though like like you know they're all kind of annoying. But it's like especially I mean not these like yeah no resorts, I, I agree like, I like that too. Like um, you know it's, Home it's fun. Too, Lost in New York yeah, is actually one of my exactly yeah <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking about. And like the last movie we just did um, on this podcast was Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is another resort movie, um, coincidentally enough. And so. Um, 
I just like like that that kind of like those like kind of storylines, but like you know when like the guests start to interact with the staff and like they are kind of like joking and like becoming like somewhat friendly and even though it's like not realistic, like I've never gotten so chummy with the hotel staff <laughs> members when I stayed there. Although I guess I'm not as outgoing as Queen Latifah, but um, so I, I just like, kind of like that. Hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, of course, you know, I'm polite and like friendly, but it never have been like, hey, let's like be friends. But um, yeah, cool. so like I, I really think in real life would be kind of difficult, you know, like they yeah. have to do that work. But right, yeah, exactly. I like those yeah. too. Yeah, it's just like it's the kind of thing where I'm like every time I see a movie that takes place in a hotel, I'm like, yeah, it looks it seems fun. <laughs> and like this is also a really good food movie too, with like amazing like food, like food porn yeah, and like, stuff like that. Yeah, food yeah. is a food is a large. It's pretty much like a like a big role in the film. But yeah. that's another thing like. Um, that's the thing about food. It, it connects everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you someone who likes to cook a lot or, like, make really um, experimental dishes like they show in this movie? I'm very interested in cooking. I'm more of a baker. Yeah. So okay. I like baking cakes and cookies. And, like, even, like, over the past, like, Christmas, um, I bake cookies for the family. And I kind of get that from my from my dad. Like, he likes baking and things yeah. like that. And both my mom and my dad are great cooks on their own right but like i just not the best at cooking for some reason <laughs> <laughs> so, like, i guess i didn't get that trait but when it comes yeah. to baking or making um appetizers or side dishes and things like that i'm pretty good with that because it's 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 also like self-care i have to admit it kind of goes back to that you know it's you yeah. take a moment and you take your time to put every ingredient together and you you know you do it out of love and it's just it makes the entire experience so relaxing and it's even yeah. greater to share that with others and it's, like, an easy goal to accomplish because it's, like, you do it and then it's ready and then you're, like, wow, wow like, I physically made this and it's, like... Yeah, it's a fun way to yeah, do something like, new. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, like, I'm kind of, like, uh, Georgia in this movie where, like, I like to follow recipes and, mm-hmm. like, she seems like someone who will follow, like, like she's, like, she's, like, making the dish while watching... Um, while watching Emeril Lagasse and, like, you know, working with Gerard Depardieu in the kitchen and stuff, so... I like, but I can't imagine like cooking while watching it and like following him as he's cooking on the show. Cause I'm like, I feel like it's faster on TV than it's real life. But it is. It's so much so <laughs> faster. But I love, I actually love that moment because that was the first time in the film where she lit up. Yeah, it, exactly. The lighting yeah. changes all about. It's all like the gold lighting feels very warm, yeah. happy, and uh, I love the moments where she's pouring. Like you know, it's like I guess both Emil and. Um, uh, Chef Didier like did the same thing where they pour the wine into the, to the dish. She pours yeah. like a small bit at first, and then when she goes to Color for Rivari and she has this great experience, now she's more open. She's able to pour more. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really great it, little just, bit of character. Yeah. Yeah. It, it shows like she's like she's gotten like so much braver now, and uh, I love those little moments. Like, and it's like it's like seeing her in her true self, just enjoying what she loves. Yeah. Actually, I love the moment when she was bonding with um, uh, Gerard uh, Depardieu in the film, especially when they were like walking along like the fish market or you know just getting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's just like a sweet moment, you know. Even though there's no romance between those two, it felt like it could have been, you know, if Sean wasn't in the way, you never, (laughs) because they both share that, you know, that love of food, and I like that he recognized that in her, like because she loved cooking, she also loved life. 
as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that's really a great content. way to look at it. Yeah, and like, I mean, I really like um, the con- like like the contrast between her ordering the, like everything, all the specials on the menu with no substitutions, and then mm-hmm. cutting to like. Um, the senator and like Mr. Cragen and all those people who are like have all these like demands on the chef and like um it's I mean that's like so true to life because like I mean I like you know go to restaurants and like I'm like with someone who's like you know I, I don't want this kind of that or can I know this and that and it's like you know we all have our preferences of course but it's like the chef especially if it's like a specials menu it's like mm-hmm. you know you should eat it it has its prepared out of respect for the craft and exactly uh, and that's the, why she always, has that like, respect yeah Yes, she has that respect, and that's why, like, whenever I, like, have, like, steak or something like that, I'm like, well, how does the chef recommend it? And then I'll be like, I'll just do that because that's that's the way it's supposed to be. And um, I like that she has that respect for it and that, like, that's what really sets her apart from, you know, other people at this, you know, hotel. Yeah. I like the uh, um, the guy who, uh, who we first meet in the hotel. He's the one with the crazy hair. Yeah. I, li- <laughs> I liked him. Every time I look at him, I, I kind of look like, I always say like he kind of looks like he could be a a villain in a ba- in a Batman movie if he wanted to because he oh, yeah. he, <laughs> he looks kind of, like, he looks kind of he has that like, look. look yeah yeah but I I love like that's one of the things I love about um her being in the hotel it's just how infectious her personality is like he can't help but love her too you know right it's so yeah, sweet yeah um well I I kind of wanted to touch upon like the plot with like Mr. Cragen and Alicia Witt's character, Miss Burns and um yeah. Giancarlo Esposito as the senator. Like do you have any like thoughts about that? Or do you feel like they kinda bring the movie down a little because you know, it's not Queen Latifah, but uh, or do you kinda like the themes there? I felt like the senator didn't really need to be there because he really didn't add too much. Though I yeah. understood that it made her again like show that underdog side of her you know it's like you did not show up where we needed you and i think that's one that's another thing about the movie that it is not 100 direct but it's just a social commentary about those in power don't always listen to the people and if that was her moment where she now that she has like the money in front of her she's at the location she now has the power to address those people head on and that's another thing i like about that it's just um, those moments, like she didn't take them, like she didn't take them for granted when the congressman was able to ask her about what she thought about what um, the economy yeah, was going like to be like. Yeah, that that was just her moment to, you know, talk about her experience without revealing too much about what her current her her current you know story is, which is based on her experience. Like, yeah, um, life the the future is too pessimistic to think about. <laughs> And he yeah. wants to know more about this. Like it's, I kind of like that. Like having them there, it kind of gave her an opportunity just to kind of stand up for herself on behalf of anyone else she was she came in contact with. Yeah, I mean, like a, a, a kind of like side theme in this film is like access, and like she has through her like newfound wealth, and you know, just the fact that she's in this hotel where like you know very few people get to stay. Um, she has access to all these, you know, influential people, like you were saying, and now she takes those opportunities. It was something that is really admirable about her character because I think a lot, it's, I think it could be, you know, common when, like, you're faced with someone who's very influential that you're not as um, forthright as you might want to be. You know, like, if you meet the president, I mean, maybe not the current president but like if i were to meet like president obama or whoever else and even if like i wouldn't be able to 
or even like one of my senators be like, hey, like this is what I don't like about what you're doing. I'll probably just be like, oh wow, like it's an honor to meet you. And she yeah. doesn't have she like very like boldly is able to use her, you know, somewhat like privileged status at this hotel and you know make the at least make make the people like rethink you know their their positions, their ideas, their thoughts about the world. So I really that was a really interesting dynamic and, uh, she had with them. Yeah, and Mr. Kragan, like he's a very interesting villain, I guess you could yeah. say, in this film. Like he's not really that villainous when you think about it, you know, because he um, he does try to take her down essentially along with Miss Gunther, trying to figure out who she really is and trying to like expose her in a way about who she really is. And right. uh, meanwhile, he's having this affair with one of with his assistant, Miss Miss Burns. Um, I found. His relationship with Miss Burns kind of was kind of weird and not as developed as it could have been, because it just yeah. seemed like they were just yeah they were having a passion affair, but they didn't expand on their working relationship. And I would love to see that in the film. Yeah, so I was actually wondering about that to do watching it because you know it's not I don't think the movie kind of blames her for the affair, but definitely yeah. like there's that scene with like her and Queen Latifah. And it's kind of like you know, um, like when she's like, "Oh, like your neck is sore because you're giving you're giving head to <laughs> Mr. Cragen or whatever, or going down on him." And I'm like, "Well, you know, he." I was like wondering, like, okay, but is he in a position of power? Like, is this like, right. the, is he is, is she his subordinate in some way? Which I mean, she must be, and at least in some way, because he owns the like, it's his name's on the company. Yeah, and, so and also, like, we don't really know what she what her end goal was. We just we just know she's an assistant with him. Like we yeah. don't I don't know if she was trying to grow within the company and she last sleeping with him was the best way yeah, to do it. Or like I mean, they don't <laughs> seem like they were in love. Like I don't, it didn't seem like a relationship. No, it was um, just a just just sense. an affair. But that's what yeah. I like about. But that's what I like about Georgia Burley. She was able to spot that real quick, yeah. and she was not afraid to call her out on it. And she was like, "You know, he's not leaving his wife for you. So what are you doing? Right. Like, yeah, regardless exactly. of what your goal is, why are you doing this?" And yeah. I think Miss um, Burns, like, she's she's an intelligent woman. I, I want to point that out there. I do like her. I think she's very intelligent, but she just took the wrong path. You yeah. know, whatever she wanted to do, and the fact that she admitted. Um, she dropped out of school and all this stuff. And like Georgia Burns is like, well, then go back to school. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah right. And like, t- yeah, it's not a thing of like self-care, right? Like obviously, you know, like Miss Burns doesn't feel great about this affair. And I think uh, she's, I think she's like saying that he'll leave his wife for her. I think almost out of like obligation to make herself feel better about it, that it's an actual real like affair that might lead to like a real relationship that she can be open about rather than keeping it secret but i don't know if she actually believes it i think Um, that's the track that a lot of women kind of fall for in those types of situations you know that's a very common you know trope in a lot of movies where the woman has an affair with someone who's already married or they're in power and they always think that that he's going to leave and georgia bird's like no it's not it's not he's not gonna leave he's greedy he wants a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and that just adds more to his yeah. power. But you're left with nothing, and that's another right. thing. That's another thing that the film touches are, are the power struggles, you know, within, mm-hmm. you know, you because basically Miss Burns and Georgia are like actually in the same place if you think about it, because right. they both work in retail, you know, they're both actually at the bottom, but you know, Miss Burns is just trying to find her way up to the top, but she's just going about it the wrong way. 
Right. That's it. And, and it's another thing of, like, going back to school is just another version of, like, self-care, right? It's that same theme mm-hmm. of, like, you got to take care of yourself and make sure that, you know, like, when this affair blows up, which it will and does in the film, like, you got to make sure that you got a, you know, landing pad for yourself. Yeah. And I'm glad they um, I'm glad they made Cragen be smaller than how he comes off to be. That's why I kind of like about yeah. how they handle his character. And uh, Timothy, yeah. I think it's like Timothy's son. He plays him really well. You oh, know, I yeah. thought he was actually was very funny, no matter how you know scummy he really is. Like there's just moments where you see him pouting because everybody loves Georgia. He's like left behind. And the film shows how weak he is. Like he doesn't like rejection. Because yeah. um, oh, he's also a self-help guru as well like he's he's also um yeah with like useless advice (laughs) yeah and he doesn't listen to his own advice and then you have georgia who is taking her own advice and it's like schooling the self-guru the self-help guru yeah right and like i mean again like this movie touches on something that i didn't even pick up on you know like 13 years ago that i've now have realized like how fragile you know the sort of like white male ego is right like it's like the one challenge to his like georgia is such a challenge to his authority because you know she's a woman of color she's Mm -hmm. like not playing by the rules of the hotel she's just like actually enjoying it versus just like showing off her status and that's a threat to him because you know if she had if she can just attain so much power just from being herself and you know caring about others enjoying herself whatever then his whole thing of like um you know, intimidation or, like, uh, wheeling and dealing, negotiating, stuff like that, like, these, like, backroom dealings he does is, like, well, what's, you know, it won't work for him, you know, so it's such, it's interesting, like, there's so much in this movie that I feel so much, feels so relevant now, even though, I'm sure it was relevant then, like, it like, it's I'm, more like, relevant I, now because yeah. back then I remember like it was I was only in high school when I saw it. There yeah. was no talks about you know uh, white no white feminism or even white right. patriarchy and things yeah, like that. Yeah. It's only became now because of how America is you know kind of going through this rocky moment politically right. speaking. And um, but you're right, it's very relevant. And it's like I didn't realize it now until like, I rewatched it myself. And um, I, I do, but I'm, I'm glad that the director and the writers were brave enough to even um, listen to Queen Latifah in the first place. Because um, when they, actually it took this, it took 23 years to get this film made. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, John Candy was attached to the role. They were going to do a remake. It was like back in the 90s, but unfortunately, you know, John Candy passed away, and the studio could not find. I guess they couldn't agree on the right story and they completely, you know, shoved the project. And it wasn't until Queen Latifah had called in and asked if they could revise the scripts and um, write it around her. Right. And so, you know, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they chose Queen Latifah. Um, but I don't think they knew how much was being said when they casted her, like her, like a woman of color right. um, coming from a, coming from the South and, you know, being able to have access to so much wealth and money in a short amount of time, living her best life, and now confronting the structures that kind of put her in that circumstance in the first yeah. place all her life. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, I'm not sure if Queen Latifah was even aware of that either, but in a way, I'm kind of glad this film even existed because it, there's so yeah. much it says. It's yeah, like, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, um, this movie could be made with like a Bolsa McCarthy type or, 
you know, mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig, like anyone or even like a, a guy and like maybe not much would change. Like, of course, like little details like Quintifa brings in herself as just a natural presence, you know, that would change. But like, it, like you could probably do like the bare bones, like the same thing, like they're like they were going to do with John Candy. And but just like casting a woman of color just like adds these layers to it that, yeah, you're right. Maybe Queen Latifah just wanted to do a fun movie where she gets to go to Europe and dress up and, you know, have fun. Which is yeah. you know, her right, but, but like just but just like adding her into this film just adds in so many layers to it, and, and like then like um, you know, I mean, I, mean, I think yeah, you can uh, say the same for LL Cool J as well, right. adding him as the uh, love interest. I mean, right. that adds layers to really to another like stereotype. I think when you think about it, because oftentimes you know you may see you know black men shown as being always aggressive when. That's not always true, you know. Right. <laughs> like they could be just as soft as any other white guy or whatever, and just yeah. be a, be a sweet guy. And this film really does that. It's just it strips all those layers, it cuts away all the stereotypes, and shows you know people of color as real people. And I really appreciate that from this movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, do you have any final thoughts on the film before we finish up? Um, I Maybe love this film so yeah. much. I, I, I really recommend it. I think a lot of people slept on this movie. Even though this was a success when it came out, um, I still have some people that, that ask me, like, what is what's Last Holiday? I never heard of it. It's like, yeah. you need to check it out. If you've never seen <laughs> yeah. it, give it a shot. I mean, don't expect too much. You know, it's not like 500 Days of Summer or, or even My Best Friend's Wedding, but it still has a lot to offer. It's a very simple story. And I like the fact that it's simple. And I like how optimistic it is. And um, it's a sweet movie to play every New Year's Eve. It's a fun movie to watch when you're down. It's just perfect. It teaches you so much about how to take care of yourself, how to value yourself, and how to speak up. And um, yeah, it's a precious little film. It's a, a real gem. I think I think you'll I think you'll like it if you've never seen it before. So definitely check it out. And that's an excellent place to end here, Alex. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm known as Film and Vinyl, and uh, yeah, you can see me see me post um, blog posts on either of those channels. And feel free to talk to me anything about movies or music and politics on there too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Niche 89 and uh, follow the podcast at It's Hot to Be You. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe so that other people can find the show. Uh, thank you so so much for doing this I had a blast chatting with you about this movie and like glad to revisit this movie after such a long time like it's such a great movie as you were saying thank you so much for having me I had a blast talking about it with you too and yeah definitely hope everyone watches it yeah listener thanks so much for uh, listening and hope you have a great day bye